0: Nunu and João are partners from The Walking Mentorship and they bring the inside look in the life of the people they walk with. The podcast Keep Walking With Me searches for potential solutions towards the best version of ourselves. Every month we walk together with a guest. There is a disclaimer that needs to be shared. After listening to this program, you might feel the urge to step outside and go for a long walk. But don't worry, that is absolutely normal.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Keep Walking With Me. Today, we have a very, very special guest walking and talking with us. So let's get started. In a nutshell, who is Livy Delana?
2: Good morning. Um, Well, I'm happy to tell you who I am or (laughs) if that's helpful. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so my name is Libby Delena. I um spent my my career in the world of advertising as an art director. Um, but that is my past 30 years. I would say if I were to define myself right now, I am a um absolutely passionate advocate for the simple, the power of a simple morning walk and how going for a walk can transform each and every one of our lives. And if we are fortunate to be able-bodied, and I do not take that for granted, I give thanks to my able body all the time, Um, walking is potentially available to all of us. And it doesn't have to be a big hike. It doesn't have to be a long distance. It doesn't have to be 10,000 steps. I believe that simply um, focusing on um, your day, an intention, the beautiful world in which you're walking um, has the potential of being incredibly transformative, not only for yourself, but I would argue for the world. I've come to believe that um, this may be an overstatement, but um, I grew up in the world of advertising, so why not? I actually think going for a walk can save the world. <laughs> and, and what do I What do I mean by um, going for a walk and save the world. I think um, when we step outside our doors and we step into the beautiful ecosystems that we are walking in, whether it's a completely natural world or an urban world, I think we are more attuned with the rhythms and energies of the planet. And I think that has the potential of being incredibly powerful. Uh, not, not to mention the mental health and physical health benefits of going for a walk. So yes, I'm an art director, I'm a mom, I'm an aspiring pilot. I'm a cold water advocate, but really I feel as if um, I've stepped into a place of um real love and affection for the the potential of going for a walk and that's who i am <laughs>
0: <laughs> well livy thank you so much and i honestly i cannot agree more with everything aligned line except maybe that uh, cold water experience but anyway we'll get <laughs> that uh later a little bit on our conversation but i think i i read somewhere um, probably on where your website, I guess that walking is like your best friend, which again I totally agree. But, um, let's go a, a little bit deeper because this morning walk seems to be something really, really special. So, can you maybe describe to us a little bit, um, uh, how, how usually it happens in your life and? maybe some routines or um, how you go around with it. What is this morning walk?
2: Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, So I would say my practice um, is my best friend. It's my therapist. It's my, um, this is probably going too far, but my partner. um, I, see so i started about 11 years ago i've been going for a walk every single day thoughtfully mindfully needless to say prior to those 11 years i was walking i was walking from here to there as a means of transportation so of course every single day of my life i have actually been walking but it was 11 years ago that i intentionally started this practice and i'm not sure i would have used the word practice at that point. I think I might have viewed it more as exercise or um, really the reason I started was despite the fact that life was grand, I feel very fortunate, I'm knocking on wood over here, Um, my family was healthy, my work was nourishing and fulfilling, I had a beautiful, have a beautiful set of friends around me. What I really woke up one morning realizing and remembering was that as a teen, or even earlier than that, my, the place that I was truly happiest, most grounded, most um, in touch with kind of my inner knowing and wisdom was when I was outdoors. And it was about 11 years ago, i started an ad agency with some wonderful, talented friends and things were going well, but I found that in that moment of my life i spent a lot of times in on conference calls in meetings indoors running errands you know taking kids back and forth which was all grand i there was there's no complaint in fact i'm very grateful for that but i realized that there was probably a key piece of who i was that i really wasn't nourishing that i wasn't paying attention to that i hadn't built into my life and so really the practice started Not really as a walking practice per se, but it was a way to intentionally make sure that I built in the outdoors into my day. So I decided that for 30 days, I would get up an hour earlier. I'm an early bird to begin with. So it was outrageously (laughs) early, but that's all right. I was happy to do it was to get up um, earlier and, and go for a walk. And the intention was to be out in the weather, to be in the rain, to be in the snow, to hear the birds, to feel the beautiful breezes on my face. And slowly what I began to realize was not only was it um, uh, nourishing in terms of being outdoors, but the the simple act of going for a walk, the motion, um, was really a, a key for me to unlocking a lot of things. and I written a book called Do Walk, and one of the things I talk about in there is that adding motion to emotion is for me how I really understood what I was feeling. So when I say it's my best therapist, I spent a lot of time up in my head, right, thinking about things. But when I started to walk, what I realized was that simple motion, that beautiful back and forth, the gentleness of placing my feet on the earth was... um, began to help me see and understand really what was truly happening for me. So um, I got up every morning, I went for a walk for 30 days and then I never looked back. I remember thinking, well, this this is as important as eating well or brushing my teeth. This is a non-negotiable for me. And sometimes the walks are an hour, sometimes the walks are four hours, sometimes the walks are all day long. But, um, and sometimes when I'm sick, they're literally, around the block but they are intentional they you know i start the walk with basically what feels like a hug and a gratitude for being able to do it and um you know here i am um 11 <laughs> <Wonderful>. years later
1: <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> well uh, let me tell you maybe that um, because when we started uh, discuss discussed about this podcast i I was looking a little bit into into this uh, routine, and uh, actually, as you can imagine, we walk quite a lot, me and Joel in our job. But uh, still, I I realized the power of just setting this um, very simple goal of just going for a walk every day in a mindful way. And um, I, what I can tell you is that it it's been having an amazing impact in my life and it's it's certainly not about just the walking because that i was doing before but usually with other purposes so um i i I really think there there is something here to be learned um but you were mentioning your book and and um i I love the the title do walk navigate earth mind and body and uh i really think it's a, a beautiful approach to these Whole idea, but I think you mentioned somewhere that uh, you started walking, and that somehow you 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 approached this in your answer. Um, you started walking uh, as a way to look for purpose. You somehow were was were missing purpose in your life. Um, do you think we have a pandemic of lack of purpose in our world these days?
2: <laughs> oh, what an interesting question. Let me let me. um, um
0: I I think Nunu started with the curveball questions very early. Usually it's on <laughs> our third segment that we do unfair questions, but that's great. Nun is inspired Ari. today.
2: <laughs> no, I absolutely uh, love uh, I it. I'm just pausing to think about your question such oh, that I answer it with a, a, a you know a splash of um integrity quite honestly. I So here's what's coming up for me. I'm not sure that we are, um, have an epidemic of lack of purpose. I think each one of us probably embedded in our, our beings in our spirit in our, um, I, I, I think I, I feel as if we each have purpose and that perhaps, um, our time on this planet is is meant to begin to uncover and trust and honor what that is. I'm not sure. I don't think purpose is an external thing that we go looking for. I think it's probably an internal truth that really that the the goal is to uncover it. And it's taken me 60 years. I mean, or or 50, you know, 50 years to uncover maybe what my purpose was. I think probably I knew it when I was 13 and I was in the Adirondack Mountains hiking around, and then I forgot it. And I listened to the external voices of, this is what, I, you know, I sort of don't like this word successful, but this is what people do. You go get a job, you do this. you Mm -hmm. And I forgot, or or I buried, or I turned the volume down on what my internal knowing was, which was, that being outdoors and going for a walk every single day um, made me crazy, wildly happy. And um, I forgot that. And that's why I started this practice. And so I would say I probably knew that purpose when I was younger, then went on to forget it because I listened to the voices of the cultural norms and then finally found it again. And so to your question, I'm not sure that we have an epidemic of not knowing what each of our purpose is. I think probably we have we have an epidemic is that we haven't turned up the volume internally or done the or done the internal work to understand what each of ours is. The answer, again, the, the answer isn't outside of us. And so until we get quiet, until we spend time uh, with our own understanding and knowing, I don't think we can, the world's so noisy, how do we possibly know what our purpose is until we get quiet? And that's yes. the power of going for a walk, is the silence, the quiet, the opportunity to actually touch in with what we intrinsically already know. <laughs> so I don't know if that uh, is your question, but...
1: I love your answer, yeah.
2: Perfect. <laughs>
1: It, actually you, you were you were answering I, I was thinking you you need to listen because that's basically uh and we forget to listen to ourselves so we are so overwhelmed with all the noise that we just um disconnect from ourselves and actually going for a walk and having like this disciplined routine is something and it's not a routine in the sense that it becomes senseless or or mindless. It's on the contrary. It's on the sense that we need to give ourselves time um, on a regular daily basis. Otherwise, we get disconnected. But talking about listen, uh, I would suggest <laughs> that now would be the perfect moment to listen to your first music. Can you uh, tell us what would that be?
2: <laughs> oh, you know, I my. You know what? I wrote them down. I should look at my notes here. Um, one one song that I am listening to on repeat right now is a piece of music by a woman named Gordy G-O-R-D-I. And the song is Extraordinary Life. Um, I think, I hope that's what I wrote to you. I actually should look at yeah. my notes. Yes, you do. You do. <laughs> okay. yes, yes,
0: it is. You're right. <laughs> so, um, I- <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, and I think what I love about this song, not only is... Um, I don't know, her voice for me um, is very um uh captivating, but it is to me in a way this anthem to how fortunate, how, in many ways, how privileged we are to be on this planet at this moment. And to me, that is, excuse my language, I hope you're allowed swearing on this. That's fucking extraordinary. I mean, that we're we're here and that we're, you know, so so that song is right now for me, the thing that sort of touches into what I'm feeling.
1: All right, let's listen Um, to it. Yes, I think it connects perfectly to your previous answer. So, let's listen to Gordon.
3: Your voice it came to me the clearest I had heard. Many nights where I lay hanging from your every word And in my bloodstream you did multiply and win Walk down an avenue and take me to the end And it's like you're in my chest, it's like you're in my lungs Something ordinary, standing for a run The way I need you now is more than to survive I wanna give you an extraordinary love Divergence underneath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Toward directions that took gravity away from me. Mm-hmm. Blind and the blind to raise you in until the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you now, I won't be back before I It's like you're in my chest, it's like you're in my lungs Took something ordinary, set it for a run The way I need you now is more than to survive I wanna give you an extraordinary life
0: I guess for many listeners will be um, a discovery which is always amazing and makes our life even more extraordinary. So uh, moving forward and as uh, you noticed probably by now we are really curious people and we'd like to ask you how does uh, fly fishing, tea snob, and free range parents, uh, you know, fits into all of this. (laughs) How does it work?
2: (laughs) Yeah, What what was the second thing you said? I heard fly fishing and then free range parenting. What was the second item? Uh, I think tea I mentioned snob. Tea, tea snob. <laughs> oh, tea snob! Yeah. Well, there you have it. I mean, um, life's too short to drink bad tea, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, I'll I do it, and I'll do it in a pinch. But um, <laughs> that's part of having an extraordinary life—is knowing your boundaries. My boundary is um, no bad tea. <laughs> so um, fly fishing, yes. Oh my gosh, my other love affair. Well. So I was introduced by um, a really powerful, wonderful, kind, dear friend, uh, Courtney Morgan. And um, she and I are adventure buddies. And it was probably, I don't know, was it a decade ago, perhaps? She sort of on a beautiful whim called out of the blue and said, hey, do you want to go fly fishing in um, in Oregon for steelhead? And I had never been fly fishing, but I will say, I don't know, maybe this is too big a disconnect, but as an art director, as someone who loves the visual world and who loves the outdoors, there is hardly anything more elegant as far as I'm concerned than someone standing in on the river's edge or in the middle of a river with a beautiful casting loop. Um, (laughs) um, and, um, so I needless to say have been always attracted to it visually and, um, so I said yes, and off we went, um, fly fishing in Oregon for Steelhead with a really incredible woman, Kate Taylor. Uh, she's a really beautiful guide. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing, but, <laughs> but like you, with a curious mind and um, a reverence for beginner's mind, which is, I don't think it's ever too late to learn anything. In fact, I think that's what keeps us youthful and interested and curious mm-hmm. in life. And um, so, I, A, I loved my dear friend. B, I love the aesthetic and the idea of learning something new. So off we went. And, you know, it's related to walking in that, you know, much of fly fishing is, you um, Hiking into little beautiful pockets of backcountry to find, um, you know, beautiful water um, and so there, you know, and there's also a lot that's similar in its mindfulness. So the sort of repetition mm-hmm. of step by step by step is very similar to casting a line or learning how to cast a line so i think i will always be a beginner in fly fishing um i love it so much i wish i'd started when i was 10 because there's so much to learn just the biology the geography um it is an incredible teacher um for the outdoors um you know all the fish species what cycles they're in so she and i have gone off to alaska we've Fished in, uh, fished in Montana. Um, it is something that I would like to begin, I am humbled by it in terms of how much there is to learn and so um, that's how that's connected. Tea, I hope it's very obvious that when I come home from a, <laughs> a walk, that the first thing I do is make a beautiful cup of tea, primarily chai. <laughs> right, so, sorry, guys. <laughs> so tea for me actually is um, actually really related to my walking practice. I don't usually have a cup of tea before I go out but um, I am trying. I am. I am trying to learn more from a beautiful teacher, Thich Han, um, about about this sort of practice of mindfulness. He, t- he actually talks about going for the walk. Uh, a mindful walk is a very, a very tender um, practice. But it's the same for making a cup of tea, right? How can how can making a cup of tea become a mindful practice? And um, you know, adding uh, breath as the water boils and then the joy of pouring the hot water over the tea bag. So I am a tea snob. Yes, life's too short to drink bad tea. And then <laughs> free-range parenting. I have, um, very fortunate to have two very tall, I'm six feet, so they're very tall, <laughs> six feet, um, smart, kind, feminist, uh, thoughtful, Um, sons. And as they were, uh, as we were raising them, we sort of adopted this sort of framework of free range parenting, which was, um, I think, really more, again, more of a mindful practice of, um, in a way, hands off, let them, let, let children, let people, let your friends do their thing, and um, how how can we be supportive in that rather than try and guide? So instead of building the path for them, f- watch their path and see how we can support. So um, I guess I guess it's all related—a uh, thread of walking <laughs> somewhere in there.
1: <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. <laughs> I love the idea of free-range parenting. I I'm really happy that uh that we asked that question because your answer is just perfect i i don't totally agree and i mean in our work of mentoring um it's it's always about walking with someone else it's not about guiding or um or showing the way because we all have our own ways and we That's all right. know inside which way we should go so
2: well it really looks yeah, well, it loops back to your previous question about purpose. I can imagine yeah. you, as mentors, who I'm sure are very skilled at it, is to not uh, provide a solution to somebody's purpose. You you don't have the answer for them. But what you can, <laughs> do, <quite> sure. <laughs> what, yeah, what you can do, as you just said so beautifully, is walk in support. You know, the way I I love to visualize that moment of both parenting and perhaps walking with a friend or mentoring is to walk shoulder to shoulder and, you know, metaphorically with your hand on their back is, <laughs> is to me, I mean, it's one of the most loving things we can do. You're not, you're not standing in front of somebody share, telling them, you're side by side, sharing the space, sharing the path, walking together, step-by-step step together. Nobody's in front of anybody. There's no hierarchy. It is in fact the most, um, I don't know, I think going for a walk is the most, uh, This. I'm going way too far on this, but what the heck. <laughs> I think it's the sexiest thing one can do, maybe not the sexiest thing, but a sexy thing <laughs> is, is to go uh, for a walk with somebody because it's so loving and so in alignment and to be shoulder to shoulder with someone you care about listening mm-hmm. or sharing is, um, gosh, what a what a gift. So I, I, I probably went too far there, but why not? No, 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 actually, yeah. Libby, uh,
0: not at all, N- not at all. And I just wanted to tell you that you're uh, talking and I was uh, picturing, actually, I, I cannot say for Nunu, but I can almost say also for nuno one of our favorite programs, of all the programs that we've done over the years, and there are so many, I mean, dozens, dozens, more than 1,000 people, but there's one program that it it really, it's uh, uh, a very special place on us, which is parents and kids. So we actually, once a year, we take uh, either mother or father and one of the kids, so there is no competition for attention. And um, every time we've done this program, Uh, Noon and I, uh, we took one of our kids. And I have to tell you that uh, uh, this is probably, I was listening to your description uh, of actually free range parenting and this idea of walking shoulder to shoulder. Yes, definitely all the time, but sometimes as a mother or father that really loves uh, your loved ones, sometimes you need to go a bit behind and and put your hands a little support which feels very good, I guess, to both. And yeah. uh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you do that program. Thank you for doing it. I'm sure it's uh, so meaningful for all those individuals. I mean, what a gift.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for those words. Um, but I would like to, to chill down a little of the conversation. Sorry. But uh, I'm really very curious about, your interest in cold water uh, and cold exposure, I guess. Um, I, I personally have done nothing uh, similar to what you do, but I do enjoy the, 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 the feeling of going for cold water. But you do something more, a little bit more extreme. So can you share with us a little bit how this came into your life and what is it that uh, drives you to uh, go into literally uh, freezing water?
2: I mean, it's it's such a fair question. I mean, I think um, it would be really fair for anybody to say, you're nuts, uh, what are you doing? Uh, I didn't say that, no. (laughs) No, 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 but it would be fair. (laughs) Plenty have, and they're not wrong, probably. (laughs) So here's what I've come to learn. So uh, to be perfectly honest, it started a little bit on a whim at sort of the start of the pandemic. Uh, one of my sons was home after graduating from college. Uh, where I live, just north of Boston, is right on the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, I think we can all say that during lockdown, um, uh, you know, I, there were we were all looking for ways to feel, I don't know, lit up, alive. Um, and so we decided, we hopped in the car and we went down to the beach and we're People have pro- undoubtedly heard of polar plunges that happen on New Year's. Well, we in sort of that that spirit thought, let's just run into the ocean. It, was, it wasn't the dead of winter, but it was really late fall. The ocean was very cold. And so we ran in and we ran out. It was very, uh, it was not mindful at all. It was thrilling, <laughs> interesting, and um, challenging. It was fun to do together. We laughed like crazy. Needless to say, if anybody's done this, when you get out, Uh, your body feels pretty great. The way I describe it is sort of like all the light switches are turned on. We can get into the science in in a second, but really what happens is your body is flooded with dopamine, which is a really beautiful chemical that makes you feel great, but it also is the motivation chemical. It also is the clear thinking chemical in your body. And So I have to say, on those first few times we did it, it was really just a thrill and it was kind of a tool to in many ways entertain ourselves. And slowly what began to happen was I realized um, that I I wanted to uh, continue with this practice. And what I've come to realize really was Um, It became a way for me to take one of the stories that I held very dear and very close about myself and was actually a limiting belief, which was that I, I, if you asked anybody three or four years ago, one of the things they probably would have said about me was, oh gosh, Libby hates the cold. Wherever she is, she has her puffy coat. She hates the cold. Even in the office, she's wearing her puffy coat in the middle of July and they would be right. And that story came from, and again, it was part of the way I identified myself. And when I, I would always say that out loud. And what I became curious about was, is it possible to take take a belief that we have about ourselves and flip it on its head? I began to wonder, can I change that belief that I hate the cold and that that, where that belief came from was again when I was in the back country. I was a teenager. We were out hiking. Um, I had an experience where I got way too cold and I couldn't get warm. And it was sort of the middle of the night. And I was too polite to say to my my the rest of my hiking buddies, "Hey, I'm too cold. Can I get in the sleeping bag with you? Can you help me light a fire?" I I just kept quiet and all night long. Really was way too cold, and it was very threatening and very uncomfortable and scary. So, from that experience, I had this narrative. Well, I'm the person who hates the cold. So to make a long story short, what i be I've really held dear is that we have these limiting beliefs about ourselves. we have we have stories and narratives that limit the possibility of what we can po- we can do in this world. And maybe that's part of purpose too. So I began this practice of my really thoughtfully entering the cold water. And I just started to learn more and more and did all this research on Wim Hof, which maybe, maybe you've heard about. And now I have a, a cold water practice and a tank at home, which is covered in ice. And I get in the cold water probably three, four, five times a week, and have an incredible community of women at home who also do the same thing. I'm currently in California. Before I left, we got in our local river and it was 24 degrees. And one could say, well, wasn't it frozen? Well, yes, there was ice floating in the river, but because it's a river, it was moving. So you're right. It gets kind of extreme. It's kind of thrilling. I have an incredible community to do it. And there's all sorts of physical benefits, which I won't go into now, but um, what I have learned is that those little sneaky stories that we tell ourselves that actually limit how we move through the world, we do have the opportunity to shift them, should we try. It's hard work, it's scary, it is not easy, um, and I've applied this to other areas of my life, so it is a practice of Mm-hmm. internal inquiry, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Definitely. but that, that, that's that's so interesting because, I mean, uh, when one does this internal inquiry, usually we find um, reasons to do certain things that uh, usually we don't do. So what I mean is that, um, uh, I mean, we notice obviously that you are involved in um, several causes. I mean, namely the the I I guess the period fighting menstrual stigma, and also the um, Gene Geiger Crisis Center, which is engaging you know communities to end domestic violence. I I really wonder what drives you to be an activist.
2: Well, um, I guess the um, the quick answer is again. Uh, I guess it's sort of subtle purpose. It's not overt. I suppose my purpose is the walking, but I think I um, have come to really realize how how fortunate and how much um, privilege and opportunity I have in this world. And it is uh, in many ways, dumb luck. And so, I have the energy um and I feel as if the opportunity and maybe even the responsibility um lies with each of us who have so much have so much period mm-hmm. to share to share that and to um do what we can with our short time on this planet to leave it better than we found it. I mean, one of the tenets of camping, perhaps it's more um uh I would say American centric, but is a concept of leave no trace. So wherever you go, if you're out camping or if you're out, is to yes. leave no trace of where you've been. And so I sort—I guess I sort of have that feeling about my time on the planet. I Not only do I need to leave no trace, but I need to try and leave it better than I found it. And I have been granted so much. Um, the least I can do is... Um, offer some energy, some wisdom, a welcoming hand to organizations that are um, close and dear to me. I, I, I guess I feel it's a responsibility. So. Uh,
0: and indeed. well, thank you for your answer. And actually, keeping on that note, maybe it's a good time for you to offer some energy, <laughs> some wisdom through a song. Maybe you want to share with us what's your second pick?
2: Oh, I don't remember. Tell me, what did I put? I should open up my notes. <laughs> no worries. No, we, we can,
0: we can tell help. you. Uh, maybe. So you... Yeah.
2: What do you think, Nuno? Uh,
0: no.
1: uh, with Mac, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere
2: but with Mac. Oh sure, uh, yes. Let's yes. <laughs> 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 let's pop that in there. I love that song. <laughs>
1: to Fleetwood Mac, it never gets old, right? It's always always a pleasure. (laughs) Um, So I I wanted to ask you something very, very simple maybe, but but I would like to know the why. Do you have a favorite hiking route, a particular hiking route you prefer? And if you do, if you can tell us why you prefer that route.
2: Um, A hiking route or did you say group? No, route, route. Oh, route. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, What a great question. I will say that. um, I guess I don't have a favorite because I I do really I don't know it must be something about my spirit. I love going on new trails. Um, So I I'm as I said currently in San Francisco. And I've been doing a lot of hiking up on Mount Tamal Pius, which is in Marin, and just exploring some new trails. Boy, is it beautiful. There's a trail called the Dipsy, uh, which goes down to the Pacific Ocean. Really beautiful. About a month or so ago, um, a group of us, um, all women, went up into the White Mountains in uh, New Hampshire, and hiked um, with our crampons and our ice axes um, because it was December. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Oh my goodness. Um, And and despite having said that I love to explore new trails, there is is a route, it's not really a trail. There's a route that I take when I'm at home. And I probably, excuse me, I've done that trail, I don't know. A couple times a week, and so you know, over the course of eleven years, it's hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. So it it has a familiarity and a beauty in its familiarity to me. It's so it's so familiar that it becomes meditative. <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I I know each bend in the road. I honestly, in some ways, feel like I know where I know where the coy- coyotes are. I know where the <laughs> barred owl sits. I know when the snowy owls appear and that's out on Plum Island in Massachusetts. And it's um, it's a it's a roadway um, through a preserve. And I've done that walk, it's probably about eight miles. Um, I have done it so much that uh, there are times when I really feel like I need to get grounded that there's one stretch where I close my eyes and I walk with my eyes closed for 10, 20, 30 steps because I know it so well. And talk about learning, learning to trust your other senses, learning to listen more deeply. Um, so I don't do that often, but that path is probably the one I've um, walked the most, and have a, I don't know. It sort of feels like um, feels like a, a family member. It's like um, a hug every time I walk that path. <laughs> it's yeah, it's familiar. familiar. And, yeah, familiar and loving and. Um, you know, I, I know where the headwind shows up. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think it's probably pro- the Plum Ireland preserve that is my most walked path.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, thank you, Livy, for sharing. Um, it's actually, uh, it's a good introduction for our next question because um, even knowing that you've done a certain path many, many times, you actually can have the possibility to make the decision to walk it differently, no matter what is probably, uh, you know, the weather or uh, the temperature on that day. And when we think about our lives in general, um, and think about the constraints that um, can happen, obviously it will happen to each one of us, either because of the place we were born or our family or work or... I mean, whatever got on the way uh, in our path, it seems that we can always kind of, uh, we can choose to make something good and positive uh, out of our lives and, or let's call it a masterpiece, our masterpiece, Um, does this make sense to you? And, And if so, how do you think this can unfold in everyone's lives?
2: Yeah, if I if I understand your question, I think what I hear you saying is even even on a repetitive path, even on a path that we do over and over and becomes familiar and at times maybe even annoying and has a headwind and um, because of its repetition, maybe there isn't the sparkle and interest because it's so familiar and one could say there's probably a component of that that enters into our life. There's pattern and um you know every single day isn't filled with joy and excitement so how do we take the lessons of the path which is well worn and well understood and um again maybe even annoying and challenging how do we um how do we make it fresh how do we still learn the lessons how do we um so for me on that path you know there more often than not I get out about 4 miles I turn around and that's in that and the headwind is on my way home there have definitely been times when it's been so stormy and windy the rain is dripping off the end of my ears down into my jacket onto my shoulders down the back of my neck and the wind is blowing so, so strongly that you know the hood that i have on practically blows off and it's an, in those days where I, it's really easy to get frustrated and think why didn't i walk the other fucking path why why do i put myself in this position why this is so uncomfortable And the, you know, the rate, my socks are soaking such that when I get home, I can literally pour the water out of my shoes. But I've come to know that over the course of time and those kinds of experiences, it's not unlike getting into the cold water. And I'll tell you, I'll share a little bit more about that in a minute. It's, It's in those moments, actually, that the opportunity to really listen and to learn the most presents itself, I think so. (laughs) <laughs> um, when I get into the cold water there sometimes it's so cold it's almost impossible to stay present your mind goes elsewhere am I safe and this is crazy what are you doing, the mind takes over and it's not until I sort of come back to my breath and say to myself sometimes I put my hand on my heart and say sweetheart, you are safe, you chose to do this. There is, um, and I literally just breathe into relaxing into the water such that I think about the water giving me a hug. I'm not fighting it. I don't have my hands in front of me trying to create a barrier. It's the same with walking. And when I'm walking and it's really gnarly and nasty out, And it's, or it's really hot and familiar and there's nothing new to learn. It is actually in those moments that mindfulness presents um, a really great opportunity because what happens is you, you have to become internal. What is your body saying? What is your mind telling you? How can you breathe such that your steps become more gentle? One of the phrases that I... I really love is um, go gently so it's when that wind headwind is blowing the water's dripping down your back or it's when I step into the coldest of water and I'm creating this kind of clenched body that the invitation is okay relax lean into (laughs) it you know literally lean into it listen Um, I, I, the other way, so I think there, I think there are lessons that you can only learn in that moment by being open to hearing it. So the way I sort of describe it, I don't happen to be a gamer and I don't really know this world. So forgive me if I tell this story incorrectly, but my understanding is when you, when you're in a, when you're in a, you know, an online gaming scenario that as you play to a certain level, you get keys to the next level. And, 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 You get opportunities to go into new places. The way I view it is in those moments, I'm leveling up to a place where I can only learn that message at that moment, being really uncomfortable, being really cold. And that lesson is only offered to me in that in that place, in that moment. It doesn't happen when everything's happy and cheerful and I'm walking along and it's beautiful. So I've, <laughs> I've come to learn that there's something to be learned here and you only get this opportunity right now in these conditions to learn it. It's only offered yes. you after you've walked in the cold and the rain. there, there is something unique about that moment and there's something unique about what opportunity you have to learn something um and again i don't know if that gaming analogy is right but the way i i think of it is i'm in this ecosystem and i'm only given the keys to this lesson in that situation where it's pouring rain <laughs> and uncomfortable and so i guess I just try and relax into it and say this doesn't last forever <laughs> the walk will be over the rain will stop you will be in a warm shower soon enough, you will have your beautiful cup of tea, but in this moment, get present. What's that? What's the opportunity to le- learn? Sometimes it's simply just go step by step, you will get there. Sometimes it's you're stronger than you think. Sometimes it's just be patient, this too shall pass. <laughs> so, um, I think in any of those moments, and especially at the moments that are challenging and hard, the the world is offering you a unique opportunity to learn something that's only available at that moment. It's not available any other time. And if you want to learn it, you better be quiet and listen. <laughs> yeah,
1: Thank usually you. We, we, we grow outside of our comfort zone. So it's it's exactly there that we can find um the new keys to to ourselves and talking about going outside our comfort zone or maybe not um i have a a kind of an unfair question but i have I, i believe i will make you a more difficult one ahead but this one can be challenging um which is very simple it's um if you could take on any adventure today literally any adventure what would that be
2: Oh, oh my gosh! I have a list of ten. So let me see if I can. Okay. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> um, well, let's see. I I just I'm very very grateful. I've just become uh, um, a, a what's called a, a friend guide ambassador for a brand called Fial Raven, um, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, they um, have these exquisite experiences. One is called Polar, which is up in the Arctic Circle. It's a dog's 10, I think it's, maybe it's not 10 days, maybe it's seven days. Dog sled, cold mm-hmm. adventure. I would love to do that. I'd love to go back. I'd love to go trekking uh, on the Annapurna Circuit with my dear friend, Maggie Doyne, who is um, Uh, the founder of an organization called Blink Now. I invite everybody to check it out. It's spectacular. So I'd like to do the Annapurna Circuit. I'd like to go back to Alaska to go fishing with Courtney and Kate. But the adventure that I have coming up is with one of my longest standing, dearest friends, Marta. And uh, she and I have for a decade, literally a decade, said we want to go and walk... um, in and around the beautiful country of Bhutan, um, and so she and I um, are going at the end of April to do um, a little walking, trekking, wandering um, uh, to Bhutan. So those those are the quick ones on the list. <laughs> <laughs> amazing! You're I'm Yeah, I'm afraid I have really terrible, insatiable wanderlust. I just think this planet is (laughs) this planet is so beautiful. I um just am honored to be able to see a good a good (laughs) bit of it. (laughs) Great.
1: (laughs) Well, and I uh, I guess it's time for your third music,
2: which I believe is "Hang On." Correct? Is that right? It's "Hold Tight." by the love but you oh, can change if you want oh, no 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 i mean hold tight um you know i do this is a new song in my little listening repertoire i don't know much about it i i probably should but i i think what i just really love about this song is this kind of notion of um I, I, well the, the lyrics are hold tight and i think the reason that resonates for me right now is i again, I'm 60 years old, I think I feeling like I'm just holding tight, not in a restrictive way, but I'm just holding tight to this idea that our time on this planet is so darn short, boy, Mm -hmm. um, what an amazing opportunity and gift we've been given. So um, I guess that that's, that's why i've chosen this song but I, you know i'm not, who knows you may ask me I, I might choose some other ones if we <laughs> so um uh, yes.
0: it's wonderful let's listen to it
2: i'll be here with you all
0: day
3: am getting lost in your eyes I'll be here with you all night, all night. I'm getting lost in your eyes.
0: of, you know, approaching our destination, but there's a couple of things that we still would like to have your take on it. Actually, you've been working, by the way, in the previous life, I think I, I had a similar job as yours, but you've been working for many years in design and branding, and, uh, and obviously you have seen a whole industry change dramatically and become very different from what used to be you know, 30 years ago, for instance, or even less. And my question for you is since the industry still uh, focus on brands, what do you think makes today a brand truly relevant?
2: Um, This is gonna sound terribly cliche because this word is overused in our industry, but uh, actually, the two words I'm going to say are overused, but I think there is um, real truth to it, which is authentic storytelling. And I always viewed uh, my job was as an art director in the ad communications marketing world. My job was not to quote unquote sell things. My job was to take the passion and learning of what resided inside a brand, a company, and simply share that passion with the external world. So I spent quite a bit of time on some really beautiful brands, including at one point Rolls-Royce and Bentley, which I feel really privileged to have worked on. And my job, I didn't feel, was to necessarily sell um, Rolls-Royces or Bentleys. I mean, they're not in many ways an esoteric product, But what I found fascinating about that company and what I really tried, my partner and I really tried to share was, it's actually an incredibly crafted item. It's a crafted, absolutely exquisitely, beautifully built product, item, car. Um, One quick story is we were, um, I was driving the Bentley Turbo R. I know, again, this is 30 years ago. I don't know how I feel about my experience now but um when you opened up the trunk the boot um there is a beautiful piece of chrome that went around the the exterior of that uh, of the trunk and what I noticed was every single screw head was aligned just so and To me, that was what was thrilling. It wasn't necessarily the car or the performance or how fast or certainly not how expensive, which one could argue is ridiculous, but it was the craftsmanship, the attention to the detail, the love for, um, again, making all these screw heads be perfectly aligned with the sort of bottom edge of the trunk. And to me, that was just really beautiful for a number of reasons. Visually, it was very beautiful. I loved thinking about the individual who, maybe that was a requirement, but who decided to make that an important feature that probably nobody ever saw. Um, But I just had to respect the fact that, that was part of this this experience of this product. And so for me, it is unearthing what is true, what is authentic about um, any company, whether it's tea, whether it's uh, whatever it might be, or cars, um, um, and sharing that passion of what resides inside an organization with the outside world. Um, so authentic storytelling, as I said, is so cliched at this moment. Unfortunately, those words have become <laughs> actually absolutely meaningless. But at its core, at 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 the at the very inception of those words, it's true. So we want to tell stories that resonate, that man, matter. Um, But again i'm embarrassed to use those words because they're so darn overused at this moment
0: (laughs) so it makes sense uh, it makes absolutely sense actually
1: and uh, if you think for thousands
0: no i'm just saying for thousands and years uh, that's how we pass the most important things in our lives uh, through generations uh, through stories so it, it, it's still valid. And I was just thinking when you were talking about your clients, I was thinking one of the things I really enjoy while working in advertising was that sometimes uh, clients would give us uh, samples. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was just wondering. Did they give a sample to Levy? <laughs> that would be great. Oh, well, they
2: did. One of those
0: cars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I did. I mean, I had it for about two weeks because this was a time, I, it's changed since the world, the whole world has shifted, especially in advertising. But at that time, there was absolute belief that you actually had to use the product in order to actually yeah, act, yeah. speak with any, again, any authenticity. I'm afraid it shifted a little bit now. But yes, I did drive the turbo, the Bentley Turbo <laughs> R for, for two weeks <laughs>
3: through a drive-through, <laughs> so.
1: Well, yeah, that that's, that's really uh, uh, interesting, the, the approach you took, because this somehow could have, you could have taken this in any direction. And uh, I think you really grounded your answer in a very authentic way in the most <laughs> authentic meaning of authentic. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have now uh, a a tricky question, a curved ball maybe. Um, But I would really love your answer to it. So the the question goes just like this. What are we missing as humans? Are we missing anything? And you can take this anywhere you want. So you're totally free with your answer.
2: What are we missing with humans? Oh gosh, I, I guess my initial knee jerk reaction is we're not missing anything other than the space and the opportunity to. Um, well, let me see. Let me rethink that. Um, it's a curveball.
1: It's only fair yeah, you take your time.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, well, I'm going to I'm going to come at it from. Um, um, the walking perspective, since that's what this conversation is really about. I think, mm-hmm. I, th- I think what we're missing is um, the space, the opportunity to truly um, really know who we who we are. I mean, it sort of is a thread through your beautiful questions. What's our purpose? My answer to you know, getting quiet and listening. I I think we're missing. Um, the, the intention to create space and quiet to listen to our, our understanding and our knowing. I, I think we have gotten swept up in a life that is busy, um, filled with products and noise. And I think um, the opportunity of going for a walk is that it does provide space it provides the opportunity for silence and quiet. It provides the opportunity to touch in with what is really, what our body and our knowing is telling us. So I guess what we're missing is um, going for a walk every day.
3: <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I that? That sounds
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Oh, Livy, you know, uh, it's such a wonderful talk that, we always have this uh, um a kind of bittersweet taste in the end of the conversation because we we could go on and continue to to learn and and savor you know all the wisdom that you share with us so we have maybe one last uh, question that uh, it's one of our classics because it sounds uh, actually quite inspiring um the answers we have received so If you had a time capsule, what message would you place inside that someone or something, either tomorrow or 1,000 years from now would open up? What they would find inside?
2: Um, Without being too cheeky, I would say um, go for a morning walk every single day um, and be open and curious and grateful for the opportunity, the messages, the place, the people you're walking with, um, because there's a lot of answers there. And to loop back to what I said initially, I do think going for a walk can save the world. And I know that's advertising talk (laughs) and very big, (laughs) but um, I I, I guess from my experience, I have learned humility. I've learned about myself. I've learned about the world. I um, think it is go for a mindful walk every day and be open and curious and thoughtful about what is what is there. And um, I, I th- and then also drink, always drink good tea. That's what I would put.
0: <laughs> so a tea bag probably beside that time.
2: <laughs> Without a doubt, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: That's amazing! Wow, well. <laughs> that's a first. We never had the tea bag inside the time
2: capsule, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe cozy socks. I mean, who doesn't like going <laughs> for a walk with beautiful cozy socks? So
1: <laughs> well, this, oh, this keeps getting better.
2: <laughs>
0: well,
1: thank, well, you, thank Livy. you so much.
0: Uh, yes, we, we we depart with a um, with a um, tremendous uh, desire that uh, one day we cross our paths, <laughs> either on this side of the pond or the other side, uh, on you know whatever day, uh, weather might give us with sun or rain, uh, and uh, have the opportunity to uh, walk um, shoulder to shoulder. Thank you, Livy.
2: Oh, thank that you. Maybe cold so- water. Yes, Sorry. absolutely. So no, thank you both so much. It's such beautiful, thoughtful questions, I will say. Um, I have never been asked some of those things. So it was was really fun to think about. And I'm going to continue to think about some of your questions. In fact, um, uh, tomorrow's walk, I'm going to really take with me and tuck in my back pocket. What are we missing? I think, and um, some really great questions. So thank you both. And thank you for your practice of walking mentorship. I think it's um, I'd, I'd like to go for a walk and be mentored by both of you at any point. <laughs> so, <laughs> anytime you want. Anytime. You're
1: very welcome.
0: Keep Walking with Me. It is a podcast inspired by the walking mentorship experience. Step by step, we walk together towards the best version of ourselves. For more information about our mentoring programs, visit our website, walkingmentorship.com.